Welcome to Gaming Casual, the gaming podcast where we talk about games casually. I'm your host, Sedge, on your spooky adventure for the final month, spooky episode in the month of October. And I'm joined by my co-host, Lightsaber Ninja. A.K.A. King Cagle. And Control Freak. Good evening, everybody. And even though we are recording this on Tuesday, you the listener, are hearing this on Halloween. So, happy Halloween to anybody who celebrates Halloween. And if you don't, still, happy Halloween. It's a fun holiday. Dress up. I don't know why I explained Halloween to people, but either way. You're being just shy of, like, William Shatner. (laughs) A little bit. I don't know why I'm acting like this. You're broken. scary. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so how's everybody been this week? Awake. <laughs> Barely. Okay, fine. Fine. That's fine. Uh, what have y'all been playing this week? Would you like to go first, Kegel? Yeah, uh, actually yeah. I will, because nothing. Oh, all right. Been one of them weeks. Yeah. They can get behind those weeks, but... Um, well, then I guess we'll jump over to myself, uh, much like last week, lots of Outer Worlds. Actually, was that last week? No, no. We, no, it came out the day after we recorded last week. So, yes, lots and lots of Outer Worlds. Um, I actually don't have an hour count for, actually, I wonder, does... Does Game Pass record how long I've been playing a game? I don't believe so, because I tried to find out how long I'd been playing Gears, and I don't think there's a way to see it. I will find a way. Um... I'm <laughs> sure. Check your save file, man. I'm sure there's a time stamp on that. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yes, so that that is the uh, that is one of the big games that I have been playing since it came out last week after recording. Uh... The Outer Worlds, pretty much space, guns, and satire. Just glorious, more glorious, and hilariously glorious. It is a straight kick in the balls to Bethesda. <laughs> it really they was. knew exactly what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's it feels like old school Fallout games. With just how, I'd almost say off the cuff they are with a lot of the, like, dialogue. And the combat feels very solid. It's entertaining. Um, I have noticed that there's no ridiculous dialogue from enemies. Thank God. Uh, yeah, they didn't <laughs> They didn't go full Borderlands with it, so there's nobody shouting, I will rip out your soul. Well, it... I think this is more something that I've always made a fun of for, like, Mass Effect 4, where the enemies, enemies have... Yes, the scripted dialogue in combat, where you bump into the one person, it's like, there's one person coming after you. Enemies everywhere! It's it's like me and two other people. Yes, we're kicking the crap out of you guys, but we're not everywhere. Um... So I, I, I can appreciate that, and because it, it is apparent in some other games as well. Uh, but the dialogue that is there that does pop up doesn't 
trying to think of the right word because campy is all over the place, but outside of like the the characters you interact with, it doesn't feel campy. It doesn't feel canned. It my feels real. The, my issue with the first Mass Effect is that they have three lines, <laughs> and so you you hear enemy is everywhere nonstop. Yes, throughout a battle. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> they kind of fixed sure, that in not... some of the later ones. It's not as bad as Dragon's Dogma. We must use fire 8,000 times during a fight. Oh, no, I, I I made sure to teach my pawn to shut the hell up. Oh, well, that's that's good. Yeah, I my Cause... pawn never talked. <laughs> he knew what he had to do, and he would go do it, and that was the end of it. <laughs> and he would shut the hell up while he did it. Yep. Didn't have to scream about using a potion. He just used his potion. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, Outer Worlds, though. Hey, fuck. It is Firefly. <laughs> I, I I can't say that it's any... It is Firefly. There, You can definitely feel that in fi- like the Firefly aspect to it. That's yeah. for sure. Um, but that is not the only thing I've been playing. Uh... I turned on a bunch of games because it is Spooktober, so everyone has their Halloween stuff going on. So Borderlands did their, uh, it's not hell. It's is it a... bloody terror or whatever. Yeah, but um, and then they have Captain Haunt instead of Captain Tront. Um, oh God! See, yeah. oh, just I like everybody's played... Twitter handle. Yeah. <laughs> See, I haven't played any Borderlands since, like, oh god, it's been like three weeks since I've played Borderlands. I mean, I, I turn it on just to do, like, I will turn on games just to do seasonal stuff, so, like, earlier today, even, I was playing Destiny, because they started their Halloween event today. Uh, Warframe started doing their Halloween stuff last week. I actually missed something because of that. Uh, apparently there was a... Uh, Closest thing I could call it is an aura. They call it a ephemera, um, which basically it's something that is constantly coming off of your character. But the one they came out with last week that I missed was bats. So you all you oh. always had like this swarm of bats kind of floating around you. And I saw another player with, and I was like, "Dude, that's really awesome! Where'd you get it?" It's like, "Oh, it was from the event last week." The back of my mind, just sitting there, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. I was going to say, we... last game that we played, because I got you into oh, yeah. it as well, Sedge. Uh, GTFO. Get the fuck out. Um, closest comparison, Left for Dead clone, but instead of zombies, and instead it's... of Xenos, you're dealing with cave horrors. Yeah. And the best I can say is that this game is left for dead if you had to be methodical and didn't have all of the ammo. Yeah. Let's let's charge forward and burn your, your path, like burn your way through everything. And, okay, we've got five things in this room, guys. I'll go deal with this one. You go deal with that one. We'll shoot this one. And then you guys deal with the other three or other two. Oh, God, there was a whole separate room that was attached to this, and all the things in there just got pissed off, 
oh god, we're dying, we're dying, we have all died. I, I don't think we ever made it past that first checkpoint. We never got, yeah, we never got past that primary door, but yeah. I, I had been watching a lot of other people play it, and not many people did, so... Well, no, because, okay, this is a game where you got, like, what, you start out with, like, two mags in total? Yeah, something like that, three mags. Yeah, two, three mags in total. Enemies do not die in uh, one hit, some of them can take half of a mag to go down. Yeah, they, they I, can be some beastly little bastards. I will say, at least the guns are, like, they feel good. Yeah, like, they They're feel, not, like, yeah. jumping all over the place. They are, they are straight shooting, you know, easily managed recoil. Yeah. And it so. is an alpha, so there there's a lot of building that's going to go into it and development for it. It, I wouldn't say it was a spooky game, but it is suspenseful. Cause you, it's hectic, like, that's for sure. Yeah, it's like, you know what's coming up, and you're just like, okay, I know exactly what's in this room. Can I clear the room without pissing everything off? Alright, I got one. Alright, I got two. I hear a heartbeat. Stop moving. Who the hell moved? Oh god, they're pissed off! Who forgot to turn off their fucking flashlight? Also, yes, the flashlights. Um, and and we, then there... I, need to, I need to remember, next time we play it, it uh, the fog removers those are super useful and i keep forgetting to make use of them oh yeah 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 because uh, this thing there's ambient fog in the game in every room in every aspect and we picked it up the first time a couple times through it was like fog remover the fuck who, who the hell needs that it, it's not that bad and then i tossed it into a room and i'm like oh i can clearly see across the room now yeah like you don't no realize problem. how <laughs> you don't realize how bad it actually is till you chuck one of those into a room. Yep. So, um, lots of fun, though. Yeah, and then there was that one time where I was legitimately terrified because I climbed up a ladder and thinking that we were all clear, <laughs> nope, there's a big bastard literally right there, and I am in his ass. That, yeah, Ooh. that actually was really hilarious because that's the thing, like, there were three types of enemies. There were the little shits who had teeth for faces that's the closest thing I can compare it to and apparently five foot long tongues that they would whiplash at you or spit plasma or whatever it was it was, you no, had... it was tongue whip well they had two they had ranged attacks oh, that was a different that type whip. of enemy that, no, no that's a different type of enemy I think they all have it from what I, oh, from they... what I recall they had like they all had a ranged attack which that was something I was kind of hoping they they might change. I feel like the little shits should have a heavy melee and a quick melee, but no ranged attack. But then you had the tentacle dudes, whose heads would literally open up, and just these creepy-ass tendrils would start spreading out from where they are. And if you touched it, it automatically set them off. Um, as well as every enemy in the area. Yep, and then you had the big boys who, when they got into combat, would start glowing green and screech. And what that would do is enrage everything in range of hearing it, which is like two to three rooms away. 
So we had a point where it was like, all right, everything behind us is clear. We've closed all the doors, and we bump into one of these guys. And we're like, oh, God, oh, God. Everything in the room aggros, and we're shooting that. And we just get mauled from behind from all the things in side rooms that we didn't kill that just barreled through the doorways and decided to decimate us. Yeah, uh, it was bad. It was fun, though. Fun game. Yeah, no, super fun game. Definitely not something you can play alone. No, no. Unless you're insane, in which case um, the nice men in white coats will be coming. <laughs> but yeah, so that is that is my primary play for this weekend, for this week. Yeah, and uh, mine was also Outer Worlds. So I, I've been playing through that. I think I'm quite a bit behind you and all of the rest of our friends. But that's because I've been, you know, distracted with other things and I was also out of town all weekend. Yep. So uh yeah, so I've been playing that and I I mean I've said my piece on Outer Worlds. I will say they kind of brought the VAT system into it, but not to any large extent. It's more of a bullet time. Yeah, I actually liked the little time dilation bit because when you do it, it pulls up the total health bar of the enemy. And yeah. depending on where you hit them causes different effects. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah like if you shoot one. Yep. Yep. Which I, made sure I to super shoot the faces. <laughs> I super like and it does it in not like Fallout 76, where it was in super real time, you're trying to do VATs in real time. But it, it does it in a way that, you know, it's slow enough, but it's not like Fallout where you can take like 10 minutes to calculate fucking what you're going to do. Yeah. Oh, I've used VATs to pause the game. Yeah. Well, th that, this isn't a pause function. That's the thing. I, this is I a, know. just I've... a bullet time. I, I'm aware of the mechanic. It's the first thing. Yeah. But, no, I, I'm digging that game, but I have also been playing uh, Call of Duty. Because that came out. And it's, I mean, I don't have much to say about it other than it's Call of Duty. It's still not the worst Call of Duty. And they don't have loot boxes in it. So, that's a win. That's for handy. now. <laughs> Give it time? They do no, have, I, I hope they, not. Yeah, they do have a battle pass system though. Yeah, everything Which, everyone's been pulling that. Yeah, the problem is, and I, I'm gonna just rail on this as much as I can. <laughs> if I give you sixty dollars for a game, don't put a battle pass in it. <laughs> or loot boxes. Or anything. <laughs> oh. Uh but no, the game's not bad. The campaign is trying its damnedest to be as controversial as possible. You know, they're trying to do the shock and awe thing. In fact, I think there's one point you can shoot a baby. Yeah, but I hear yeah. that they don't actually go as far as they were touting in the pre-release. I I mean, I'm not very far, so I don't know. The game starts off with a white phosphorus attack, but... Yeah, they know the line, but they don't cross it. Kind of Far Cry 5 in that way. It has nothing, it has never, it has not gotten to the point where, it, it hasn't gotten to the no Russian mission. 
Where you just feel disgusted. You're like, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, we're, we're like afterwards, you're like, I... Uh, <laughs> I need a shower. I, yeah, I need a bath. <laughs> there were actually, funny you bring it up, there were a few reviews I saw where they all said that a lot of the campaign felt like it was trying to be no Russian, but it never reached. Oh, no. There's definitely points where it's trying because there's civilians running all over the place and there's nothing stopping you from shooting them. Mm. But, in in fact, I think you actually get an achievement if you don't shoot them. Gross. They know their audience. Yeah. So, there's that. Um, yeah, but, I mean, the game is a functionally, it's fine. Okay. It's a boots-on-the-ground modern military game. <laughs> so, take huh. that as you will, potential buyers of Call of Duty. Just know that if you buy it on PC, you're buying it through Battle.net. It's still the one Call of Duty that I'm interested in. I mean, that's fair. If you're going to get interested in one, this one would have been the one to do it. So, um, random, I wouldn't say random off topic, but for the Borderlands thing that I had mentioned, uh, interesting little detail that just came to light. The mayhem changes that they made recently uh, cranked up the anointed which anointed weapons have like a secondary effect when characters use skills or certain things happen. Right. Originally, they did that because of their Halloween event and the terror aspect. And after the event was going to finish, they were going to reduce the drop rate of anointed weapons. Apparently, they have announced they will no longer be undoing this modification for the oh, anointed that's awesome. Drops. So, yeah. That's awesome. I'm kind of happy with that, because anointed weapons are actually really handy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think I only have one anointed anything, and I think it's an anointed shield. Hmm. Yeah. Once once you I, start getting multiple anointed weapons, you can you can do some fun stuff with it. Oh, I believe it. Like a shotgun that gets increased damage when you use your skill. I heard they nerfed the Hellwalker shotgun, and I'm very sad about that. They nerfed a lot of the primary ones, but they've also buffed some of the less common ones. So like the infinity pistol, they increased its base damage. Um, the Hellwalker, they decreased, I think they decreased its base damage, but I'm not sure if they changed up the, uh, status damage, which is what made it good. Ah, fair enough. Um, as long as they don't touch the, uh, the companion, I don't care because the companion is redonkulous on flak. Uh, so I have a, I have a bit of a news story here. Arrow Light has some news as well. Hit me with it. But I saw this earlier today, uh, after Blizzard's whole conundrum, (laughs) we're just, we'll call it that. Uh, one of their major corporate sponsors has backed out. Wait a second, did something go down with Blizzard recently? Yeah, their whole, you know, banning a streamer because he supports Hong Kong thing, that whole thing, like... No way. Yeah, we talked about this like two weeks ago. Oh, I can't believe they do that. Oh my god. 
<laughs> Jesus. Sure the, sarcastic I was about to say, I'm not sure. Sarcastic bastard. I'm not sure if the sarcasm is bleeding through yet. Yeah, I appreciate no, the alley oop there just in case it felt like uh, Sedge wasn't catching it. <laughs> no, I I am pretty sure that even our listeners like just feel sarcastic now. Good. That, like they're just gonna talk to somebody. It's like I don't even know why I'm sarcastic, but here I am. Um, and then the person they're talking to is gonna be like, "You don't." <laughs> oh God, it's spreading. <laughs> All right. Um, so which yes. which sponsor was it? Uh, it was Mitsubishi Taiwan. Mitsubishi. Oh. Yeah, Mitsu. What did I say? You. <laughs> You butchered the Probably. pronunciation, but oh, yes. Mitsubishi. Hold on, Mitsubishi. There. Yes, but yeah. Mitsubishi Taiwan backed out of their sponsorship with Blizzard. Which and is weird that a car dealership, well, not dealership, car manufacturer, was a primary sponsor of Blizzard. But you know what? Okay. I mean, it. I don't know. Their logo was on the banner behind the two casters, so okay. Yeah. I, mean, I guess you take Good. the money where you can get it. Good for the sponsor for taking a stand, I guess, but like that feels like duh. What do you mean, like duh? They're based in Taiwan. Yeah, I yes, that and I'm not saying yes, that is true. Not a like duh. I'm just saying it happened, and it's kind of. I mean, that's a big corporate sponsor that they had. It's yeah. not like some. It's not like Gillette, or not Gillette. It's not like they were being, you know, sponsored by, like, a razor company or something. Yeah, but if it was, like, Mitsubishi proper, like Mitsubishi Japan, that would be a stronger statement. Obviously, if you're somebody who's under the sum of, of mainland China, you, you yeah. probably got a problem with mainland China. I mean, I considering... Know. Again, I don't want to. I don't want to. Good for them. But also, okay. Well, I I just thought it was interesting. It's kind of my only news article to bring up this week. Yeah. Um, Light. I know you had one that you shared with us in the Discord channel. Why don't you? Uh... I got two little. I got two little tidbits, and I thought I'd talk to you guys about. Um, I'm gonna do the smaller one first here. Uh, both of these are related to next-gen consoles. Um, Sony's went ahead and patented PlayStation 6 through 10. <laughs> Shocking nobody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 4 and 5 were already patented uh, the year that PS3 launched. Yeah. But this isn't actually they... a normal thing. I mean, it's it's not normal, but... It's not the first time Sony's done it because I'm pretty sure I had seen things about them patenting the PS5 back when the PS3 launched. Like yeah. I literally just like you. Li well, I'm sorry, I meant to say the PS6 back no, when the PS3 was, was launching. Four and five they did whenever PS3 launched. Six through ten they did like recently. Yeah. So well, and I mean, my my guess is that they're doing it because. How often do you think someone's going to try and take, like, patent a name for something else? Like, Yeah. Also, like, it's it's not guaranteed. That does not mean for a fact 
that you know in so many years we'll be playing a PlayStation 10. Yeah. But it yeah, it's both I don't know, it's both weird because nobody for a long time nobody did that until they did 4 and 5 with the PS3. It was kind of a thing that you would patent it like the year before the console came out. Cuz it was supposed to be a uh, surprise. Yeah, cuz you keep your code name in the same way that uh Microsoft has been really like embracing their code names <laughs> they're still calling the next gen xbox scarlet project scarlet uh well, way to stick to your guns yeah uh and then the xbox one x kept that project scorpio for so long that the day one edition has scorpio emblazoned on it oh yeah but that's um so there's my transition uh, Microsoft has unveiled a new leasing program for their consoles that I think is brilliant. A leasing program? Yeah, so instead of you dropping down the money for the console and then paying for a year, two years of live and two years of uh, Game Pass Ultimate, they bundle it all into one monthly price. So for I 20 bucks... You can have the all-digital Xbox One S. I don't know why you'd want that. But more importantly, for 31 bucks a month, you get an Xbox One X, 24 months of Xbox Live Gold, 24 months of Game Pass Ultimate, which is the one that's PC and Xbox. And uh, after 12 months, you can upgrade to Project Scarlet. Which is the streaming that's... thing, right? Well, no, that's their next-gen console. That's the next-gen no. console. Which is fucking crazy, but it also is... I, I was wondering about this when you brought this up before recording. That's mm-hmm. basically what cell phone companies do. That's the thing <laughs> is... So, cell phone companies had to move to like yearly leases, but very few companies were doing a lease like uh like it used to be like oh hey you've you, you went two years you're eligible for an upgrade and then nowadays sprint had started this it's like hey you could just pay it a little bit extra a month and have the latest phone and then you just upgrade and you're all you're doing is you're just adding a little onto your bill with most cases like that that's also how um places like rent center work right but usually, if you go through Rent-A-Center to get, like, a television, even if you're only paying, like, $16 a month for that TV, after two years, you've paid more than that TV cost, or else the company can't stay in business, right? In right. this case, the, uh, the, the Xbox One X model, you're actually saving money. If you do the full right. two years of an Xbox One X, with two years of uh, Live Gold and two years of uh, Game Pass Ultimate, in the end, at the end of those 24 months, you will have spent less than if you did it the normal way. I mean, it $16 isn't arguably... I mean, it's not a lot, but it's... I mean, $16 is 16 bucks, man. $16... Uh, that savings of $16, mind you, was strictly from 
IGN based on getting everything the cheapest way you could. Right. If you no, go, I mean, it's... if you go full uh, month to month, you could you can blow it out to saving two hundred bucks. But nobody does month to month for live. I shouldn't say nobody. I'm sure there are people who can't pay for a year of live gold. But worst well, yeah, case scenario, six, uh, what do you call it? Six months or a year subscription for live gold. That's where it gets shaped. Right, and I mean you're still saving money. It still gets you to the point where you can get the next console. Yeah, I don't know. I I now think I do want to a... say I looked into it. I had to because uh, the upgrade thing really caught my eye, and the idea that wait a minute, I only have right. No, you have to when you upgrade, you lock yourself into new two years. <laughs> They're not giving away free next-gen consoles because you paid for a last-gen one. Well, no, I wouldn't think that they would be... That's how the IGN video made it seem. Right, but when you... I never thought, even though I watched that video and, yeah, it's like, yeah, no, you just get the new gen. It's like, no. You know you're locked in for another two-year contract because there's no way they could make it. That That's not feasible financially to just give new consoles away. But also, you have to look into how many people are actually going to do this. I mean, I know quite a few who would, because, hey, you can budget a lot easier for 30 bucks over the course of a couple months than you can for, uh, you know, a straight-up purchase of, like, set, what was it, 760 dollars mm. for... Yeah, and, mm. and, like, as long as you have internet access, this is so Small fucking loan. good... As, yeah, as long as you have internet access, though, this is such a good deal for so many people. Because if it's $30 a month and you have access to Game Pass, I think we've all agreed that Game Pass is a dope service. Yeah, no, Game Pass is the reason both me and Control have Outer Worlds right now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, that's a super dope service, and... I, I I'm super. I'm oh, not saying on. I'm not what on else? board yeah. with this. Uh, I'll be right back. Uh, Halloween candy just entered my. <laughs> All right. Well, then <laughs> I'd say this is a good place to take an ad break. <laughs> so, we will uh, check out these promos from some podcasts we're part of a group on twitter called next wave or alternative reality radio depending on where you are uh it's a group of podcasters who support themselves check out these awesome promos from some of the shows in that group and we'll see you guys in just a bit with our main spooky topic Hey guys, Snow here. I just wanted to give a real quick oh, intro. Snow, what are you doing? Uh, Grog, I'm in the middle of oh, something. I can see that. Wait, wait a minute. Microphone, headset, script. Are you recording the new promo? Yes, Grog, I was recording the new promo. Well, without me, but I'm the master of toast. Plus, I've been practicing. Okay, fine. You can help. I'll read the script. Just chime in when you feel like you have something important to say. Yes. Hi guys, Snow here. And Grog. <laughs> 
I just wanted to give a real quick introduction to our podcast, Missing Role Player Found. We are an actual play Pathfinder podcast following the adventures of the Odd Guild. That's my guild. We were all living our normal lives until we tried the latest MMORPG. And that's when we found out we were all trapped in the game and we could die. Oh, but don't worry. We still find plenty of time to have fun. Sometimes a little too much fun, if you know what I mean. Yes, Grog, I think we all do. And that's why it took us so long to finish the last floor. Hey, that one wasn't my fault. Any of that sound interesting? Why don't you check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Nailed it. Hey everybody, this is Nerd Bomber here, one of the co-hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our weekly podcast started as a way for three friends to keep in touch and discuss their passion for movies, gaming, technology, and entertainment. And since then, we've grown into a fantastic online community. Every Wednesday, we release a new episode discussing the latest nerdy news, and then we go hands-on with our weekly adventures and a fun trivia show. Sound interesting? Check us out on every podcast platform, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or hit us up at onlinewarriorspodcast.com. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Hey, I'm Lucas, the host of Wonder Soul, a weekly podcast series featuring a variety of topics dealing with life's many passions and experiences. Join me and friends each week as I discuss topics ranging from pop culture to real life conversations that all can find relatable. New episodes bring new guests and new topics and release every Friday. More content can be found on Wonder Soul's YouTube and Twitch channels. Stay up to date and connect with Wonder Soul through social media by following us on Twitter and Instagram. And we hope that you enjoy Wonder Soul wherever you listen to podcasts. So do good and take care. Hey, this is Liz. Hey, this is Heather, and we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast, a show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. We are talking Star Wars, Star Trek, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. See you soon. And we're back, guys. I hope you enjoyed those promos. Go check out those awesome shows. They're uh, friends of the show, so go check them out. Uh, Anyway, now. Excuse me. Damn, that sucked. (laughs) Now, it's time... (laughs) For our spooky topic of the week. And what better way to finish out the month of October and the Halloween season. We've talked about what we think are good horror games. What we think are bad horror games. How we think different horror games have changed. Now we're going to talk about, well, making our own horror games. What we would all like to make if we were able to make a horror game. So... I open the floor to whoever would like to go first, I guess. Control, I'm nominating you to go first. I feel like oh, I'm going to talk too much. Control, you are up first. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, hopefully I don't take too long. So, I'm going to go with the... Uh, I don't want to call it the standard trope, but it's a standard trope. Zombie survival. In the same vein as... Although I don't want to say it, 
uh, Seven Days to Die, where yeah. you have food, you have sleep, you have resources, but not the Minecraft-esque type of resource management where you're going to be growing food in. Oh, hey, ten minutes later, you have a stock of corn to eat. This is more along the lines of taking that idea and putting it into Resident Evil. Let's go with Resident Evil 2, kind of, where you're in a cityscape, not a uh, shack in the middle of the woods. Um, so, actually, what was... Now I'm blanking on a different game that had the right idea, but different type of execution. iZombie? I think it was. I that was a show. Or Zombie, sorry. Which Ooh. was... Like originally zombie, zombie originally zombie U re-released as mm. zombie um that type of idea but in a proper open world so you don't have zombies necessarily that are sprinting after you and it's not going it might not feel as heavy but what makes it difficult is you have to consider food water where are you getting food and water um because in Zombie, you didn't have to worry about that. Food and food and stuff like that restored your health, but you weren't hungry. You weren't thirsty. When you mm-hmm. went to bed, you just woke up the next day because that was your save point. But what I would change then is, let's say you find a safe house. And you have you know a horde of five zombies, and it's like, it takes a lot to actually put something down permanently unless you have a gun. But if you use a gun, you're just attracting more attention. So they start coming after you, shambling as they do, and you get into the house, you barricade the door. Turns out there's one in there with you, so you get, you get into the bedroom, barricade the door, and your guy is wiped out, tired. You know, you had some snacks in your backpack, so you eat that you're not hungry you're not thirsty but your guy is beat tired like well you've got a bed sweet you get into the bed however that zombie on the other side of the door isn't just quiet he's pounding and banging his head on the door that fucks with your sleep so instead of getting a full rest you get you know four hours of rest before the constant pounding on the door drives you a little crazy and you only feel like you got two hours of rest as a result because you've been on edge the whole time. So your rest bar did not fill up as much as you would hope. However, your hunger and thirst have now dropped, so you have to go out and try and find more resources and more supplies. Um, And building off of that idea and having a proper open cityscape is kind of what I would like to it, it's what I would like to see it's what I would want to make if I were ever tasked to make a horror game um, right I mean it sounds super interesting I, I, I am curious though isn't that basically Daisy in a sense um, but the thing is with Daisy even see, well hold on controls game would exist Daisy exists <laughs> barely so, with Daisy, what the like, 
you still have a lot of guns and it's it's set in like open field and military bunkers whatnot and the zombie stuff is i mean honestly your biggest threat is other players this would be single player maybe like you could do single player or have up to like four people if you wanted to try and do a group survival it would be almost like private server setup and one of the things that i was kind of on the fence with is vr or non-vr and Mm. taking advantage of some of the things that we've seen in testing for other like major vr games coming out like having resistance in games so you barricade yourself in the room how did you do that did you pull a dresser to block the door did you knock over a bookcase and when you you physically nail boards into the wall yep and that's the thing it's like if you dragged over a dresser in vr they make it so that objects don't have weight but what if you grab this dresser and in a standard vr game you just shift your body and it's it moves right there but no you have to like pull and you have to be slow and methodical because this has weight your character might not be strong enough so you're pulling this and you have a certain speed you have to go otherwise you lose your grip and it would be the same thing like if you knocked over a bookshelf you grab it and you start tipping it but if you tip like if you pull too hard then it falls but not in the way you expect it might fall on you and hurt you or it just falls flat or again you lose your grip and it just writes itself back up or it Um, smashes and makes a sound yeah yeah and so those would be the types of things that like again if it was vr i would want to implement that if it's not Mm -hmm. vr then you could have have it be like a slow drag to pull it over or a slow tilt to drop it. Um, now you're making a David Cage game. Well, no, no, this <laughs> is not nearly as bad as a David Cage game or so, a fucking whatever that studio that makes uh, Until Dawn is. Yeah, and I'm not trying to put, like, it, it would be the case of, at the start of development, is this VR, is this not VR for that type of determination? But for the other mechanics in the game, it's like you raid a grocery store. You have a certain number of, like, you might find something that's still edible. But you're going to have to dig through a bunch of stuff that's like, you would have to check. Has this expired? Is it canned food? And most canned food, like in this type, would be, let's say it's, a couple months after the zombie infestation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you're trying to get across the city. That's your end goal. Because you always have to have some sort of end goal. Um, I know in like seven days to die and stuff like that, it's survive. I would want to have an actual goal in mind. So it's like, yeah, you are trying to cross this large city. You're going to have points where, hey, yeah, there was a military contingent here, and they blew up a portion of this building. As a result, this entire roadway is blocked off. You've got jagged rebar, fallen building, and remainder of some about. You're not trying to get through it, but it's 
probably not your best option. So you got to worm your way through the city, but you're going to find safe places, or you you can make safe places out of buildings you find. All right, I gotta I gotta butt in here. Okay. I um I. You have this game. This is amazing sounding, but it's very, very similar to this thing that's always stuck in my head. And I just, I want to pitch it to you because you know how we work in situations like this. Just to Am I just stealing ideas it. from your brain? No, no, no. This is not my brain. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. He finally realized he's hooked up to the machine. Damn it. No, but you know, you know how usually you and I, if we have similar enough ideas, we can bounce them back and forth. Yeah, and refine them. Well, I have a concept that's very similar, but I I got to give some context to it, and then I want to see what you do with it. Basically, is why I was interrupting. Okay. Um, so, and I mean over a decade, uh, because I was a I was a teenager, like mid. Um, I had a brand. Really, new you didn't just go from birth to adult. That's what I did. No, I, no, I actually went birth child adult but then i had like this weird mid-teen phase before going to old adult ah yeah i'm a 60 year old man now. um <laughs> but anyway game informer had this piece where they got together a bunch of game designers and then were like hey how would you take on this game and it'd be something that's normally completely out of their wheelhouse like there was somebody who did like non-stop action shooters that they gave tomb raider and he was like my tomb raider would open like this and he basically described like a uh an edgier sexier uncharted ah. um, so tomb raider <laughs> well you know how later tomb raider they started aping uncharted and the bombastic feeling of doing a blockbuster movie yeah Think yeah Think that, but instead of it being, and she's in peril, it's like Angelina Jolie era. Ah, so this so is like, like it, she's naked hanging... throughout the opening, or only as a towel, or <laughs> it's hanging from the rafters by one boot, twin gunning a robot kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's just it's that sexiness, that that sexy early two thousand sheen slapped on top of Indiana. Hmm. Um, but anyway, that's not. That was just an example. So the, the they had this one guy who they were like, what would you do with Resident Evil? And he's like, for my Resident Evil, I would have a game where it's... It, his was actually online. It's an online co-op survival horror game where you all meet up in a centralized area. That's your hub. That's your safe house. And then uh, you go through the night. Um, the day comes up. And you go out into the city and you have to scavenge for uh, your supplies and stuff. With the hook to the game being that every time you all get back to the safe house and, and institute your night or whatever, however the rest thing works that he was talking about, uh, the city is then procedurally generated around you. So every morning, it's new. Do it's you know a different I mean? city yeah. every time? Hmm. Pretty much. It's, it's like the universe hopping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, it seems it, it annoying, especially me. if you try to... Well, damn. <laughs> Could work I was just about to say, it's always struck me as a cool idea. 
Sorry. No, it's a Sorry, super. Good. It's a super neat idea. I'm just saying that uh, if this entire layout of the city changes overnight, how the fuck does that happen? I imagine well, it's more. You can go to different parts of the city because you just looted well, the areas that you were already bit, that you were already exactly at. that. The idea of procedurally regenerating the city is because the day before you probably looted all the great play. Keep in mind, we're talking PS2 era. He's dealing with the hardware he's working with. I don't think he imagined that they, there would be a time at that point in time when he was asked to make a Resident Evil. He wasn't thinking two generations from now we could have a whole continent. Right. Right. He wasn't thinking like procedural generation will make an entire galaxy from just indie developers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, I get you. I'm just saying I, I didn't realize this was back in PS2 era. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like I said, I was the mid team. Right, fair enough. But anyway, and I'm listening to you like I personally, I always go to I want State of Decay, but better because like that first place there State of Decay was amazing. Yeah, uh, and that's that's kind of the idea. For this. Yeah. The, that, I, that was the, the step. The gameplay loop from State of Decay they run into town. Like when you first get the, the church safe house. Yep. Run into town. Sometimes you find survivors. But most of the time you're just like trying to dig through cabinets without alerting a horde. <laughs> and there's this, there's this moment from State of Decay. Uh that I always confuse with a chapter of the season one of the walking dead. Both of them, you got to go into in walking dead, you go into like a bank, but in state of decay, you got to go into a vet shop to get medicine. And right. I remember, I remember that. trying to, I remember trying like so hard to get all my supplies and, and, and my character and everything ready just to head that far away from my safe house. Anyway, that's all neither here nor there. You can go back to your pitch. I just, I wanted to share these two things with you. Well, and that's the thing. State of Decay kind of keyed off on this because that, that was one thing that I was disappointed with State of Decay was once you played through it, it did, like the, it felt like there was no reason to play through again because yeah. you would burn through all the resources in a zone and it's like, yep. well, what, what happens now? It's like, oh, well, you're done with the game. Like, what do you mean I'm done with the game? It's like, yeah, you've you've been to all the safe houses, you've looted all the supply points. It's like, but there's still zombies spawning everywhere. Yes. So what am I supposed to do? Watch this cutscene, dipshit. Yeah. Here's the slash crime. slash shrug. Yeah. Um, basically that that was it. And then and then State of Decay 2 did not I mean, I haven't played it. But just from what I've seen and stuff, it's like they, they really, they upped the gameplay, but somehow didn't actually fix what it needed. Yeah. <laughs> they upped the gameplay, but they didn't change the formula. Like, I don't need these stupid zombies that I gotta go defeat a red heart for. Zombies <laughs> alone were fine. The, the your, your core gameplay loop was addictive as fuck, guys. Come on, yeah. just make it bigger. Yeah, and so, and that's the thing. That's why it would be a cityscape, and it's like your, it would the, the way I was looking at it would be you get a notification. Like, you have a safe house already, and you get a rate, like, you receive a radio call. It's like, hey, there's an extraction point 
at this location. Mm-hmm. And your character pulls out a map, and it's like, you are south of the city. Like, let's say you're, you know, it's like you're 20 miles out, you're in an area where there are very few zombies, but you're you're able to find a, a reasonable amount of supplies to keep yourself going. And it's like, but it's a safe, it like, we have a safe spot where we're doing extraction because there is a safe place, but you have to get here. We can't go and get you because we don't have the resources to do so. So what you end up doing, the gameplay kicks off with you coming to the city. So it'd be like, uh, well, pick a city. You're in New York. You're in South New York. Yeah, even just Genericopolis, USA. And and that's what it would be. But it would be, this is to kind of give people like an idea. It's like, you start off in South New York. And the extraction point is North New York. You have to figure out a way to walk your way through New York City because after the zombie apocalypse, as I said, buildings have been destroyed, roadways are blocked, shit's still on fire. Like oh, there, there, there are places that you can't get through, and every time you would load up, like if you did a new camp, like a new run, so to speak, it would be a new procedurally generated area to go through. So you can't go through the same path every time because well that that building you turned into a safe house for the night last time it's uh it's a crater. Yeah. The you know, you know military we... bombed it. Yeah, you know what you got me thinking of just now you whenever you said everything was on fire is uh you've you've played Last of Us. When you first get into Boston, you see the building that's toppled on the other building from where they firebombed it. Yep. And it's like, you get to see that when it happened, not when shit overgrew it. Not 20 years later. Well, and like, that could possibly be like an, alter- that could be an alternate mode. Where it's like, oh, day, like do a day zero mode. Where you are a character in a random part of the city. And it has begun. Well, that, that could honestly... So, I know this game is going to be... Uh... It would be like a procedurally generated survival game, so you go through the city, try to survive. But you know, you could have a tutorial that is the day zero. True. So that's where you learn the movement mechanics and how to fight. But in the process of doing you that tutorial, it. you see, you see the firebombing of the city. You see, you know, people turning in the street, kind of thing. Yeah. Getting attacked. That'd be a really cool opening tutorial, and then obviously every time after that then you uh you know just start off as you get to the the edge of the city. still on yeah the still on fire but not currently under siege city yeah um yeah. but yeah so as you go through it's like all right i found this like i'm in this high rise building i would probably make it so that you can't get to the roof of a high rise although that would be kind of interesting it's like it would make you with every building was honorable but yeah. yeah. Make a couple of them where you can, just because you know there's going to be the one person who's going to go up and throw themselves off. Well, I was thinking it if if we ever got to the capability to do so in a game where you could literally enter every building, every building was uh-huh. enterable. You could go through every stairwell. You could get to the top of that building. It's going to take you a half hour to walk up those stairs, but you God, could do it. Dream. 
and it was like make it an Easter egg. It's like you found a sporting goods shop that did extreme sports. One of the things they had in there, oh, a parachute. You. Nice. And you find like that, a... or a squirrel suit, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, one of those that. squirrel suits. So you find that, and you kit it out, and it's like, mm. are you willing to pick up this stuff that's going to weigh, you know, 50 pounds, lug it up this building, because there's no power to that elevator. You don't trust it. It's going to fall on you. You walk up those stairs, and you squirrel suit across this cityscape. Mm. Do you think you'd make it? Are you going to attempt it? And having having stuff like that again, you would it would it would not be this gen, and I doubt it'd be next gen to be able to do that scale where you could go into every building. But if we got to that point, that is what I would want to do. That is what I would love to see. Where it's like I'm opening every cabinet I can. This cabinet literally yeah. just has kitchen plates. This cabinet has a bunch of cups. This cabinet has a bottle of water looks like everything else has been scattered around. You know, next floor. Yeah. Can you use the kitchen plates as body armor? I would not use kitchen plates as body armor, but could you grab well, an against... individual plate and throw it? Ah. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead style. This yeah. is the kind of fucking talk that processors have nightmares about. <laughs> but see, this is the this is the future that we will have whenever gaming is all streaming. This is one of the only no, benefits of that future. Right. I'm just I'm just saying that like I can hear my processor crying right now, and this game doesn't even exist. <laughs> but and it, yeah, and that's why I say is like it would it would be many years into the future. But for a dumbed down version, you. That's why it would be like some of these buildings, the first couple floors are literally burned out. There's no way you're getting into it or it's yeah. collapsed or whatever. So you could get through a couple of the first floors on some of these buildings. Other ones don't have access. Maybe you go into a building and it's like, oh shit, I can go up to the second or third floor. And you get there and you actually see like a blown out, like a busted out window and someone actually grabbed a ladder and somehow jimmied away across the street to the next building and that mm. allows you to avoid some horde that you like you saw you know what this kind of Can sounds we... like and i hope i don't offend you with it but a combination of uh uh zombie uh death stranding with the because somebody left that ladder <laughs> and uh 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 state of decay I mean, outside of the Death Stranding thing, no, it make that's definitely that would definitely be the vibe that I'm going for. I know you said Death Stranding because portable ladders. No, well, or not because I said ladder, ladder, but yeah, not not he just because it's a ladder, he said but like it just like when you said, "Oh, somebody left a ladder here," I was taking it as a literal somebody in the world, not no. just a well, and you know what I mean. So, and that's the thing. That's why I was saying it. I would aim at a single-player game, not a multiplayer. And yeah. if you do multiplayer, it would be like you invite people. So it's like this is your survivor group going yep. through this. Yeah, it, and... it's never going to be randos in your session. It's yeah. like you have to play with friends kind of a thing. The only other time you would bump into humans, I was de that would be another thing to add is do you have humans or is it just the zombies? If you bump into humans, let's say... This would be like a multi-factor like background thing. It's like, okay, these are this is a survivor group. 
they're in a building that has a lot of resources. And you approach them and it's like, hey, I just need a place to hide out. Well, they have an abundance of resources and they've got some defensive stuff. So they're like, yeah, come on in. Their mentality is, if the guy tries to betray us, we can take him out. But for now, let's trust him. Because safety and numbers type of thing. And when you leave, they're like, no, we're going to stay here because it's we've made a safe spot. But let's say they didn't have food. They had just opened their last can of beans. Okay. And they just Real see quick, this guy approach I, I with a back, backpack. I take back State of Decay and I insert I Am Alive. Go ahead. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, God. I forgot that game existed. Yeah. I haven't I hadn't played I Am Alive, but I've I've seen some clips of it. But yeah, it's like you Concept approach only. this group. Yeah, you approach this group and it's like they just opened their last can of beans. They don't tell you that. And they see this guy approach and it's like he looks fed, he's got a backpack with maybe supplies, maybe there's food in it. So they invite you in. And then they attack you. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh... I Am Alive has a couple of cool moments in it where, like, you'll be walking past an area trying to make your way to your destination, and you'll bump into somebody, and it the, they're just as scared as you are because, like, you know, the world is falling apart around you. It's it's a disaster movie game. Right. And um, uh, there's a point where, like, a dude aims a gun at you, and you have a gun as well. But you can also, like, you could just put your hands up and try to, like, go another way. Or you could try to pull out your gun knowing you have no ammo and see who if you could bluff them and risk getting shot yourself. Or, like, it's got a couple of moments like that that are really good. Yeah. Yeah. I only played the demo for that one, but it seemed fun. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I'm i going to move us along here. Oh, no, no, definitely. I was about to say that that is my... That is my pitch for. I like it a lot. I, I, I'd play the shit out of it. Uh, also, power would not be a hundred percent across the city, so you might go down a street and the street lights are still on. Uh, but then you turn and then, down and a different street, and it's like there is one street lamp that still has power, and it's off in the distance, and it, everything else is just shrouded in darkness or lit by the ambient firelight type of thing. And now you have to run through that shit. Yep. Have fun. Well, and that's the thing. Um, yeah, it'd be like, did you piss something off? Is something chasing you? You might need to run. Yeah. But uh, I guess we'll um, move on to Light now. Light, what you got for us? Okay. Uh, so you start a game. It's a, it's a life sim. As though... I There's a can... theme to our creative games today, apparently. <laughs> well, as though I uh, completely forgot that the prompt was horror. Here's my game page. <laughs> so you start off in a life uh, simulator. I haven't decided whether or not your character's randomized or not. Uh, depends on how much controversy I want to cause on the internet. Oh, Jesus. Um, but anyway, you get a character and you start off in an apartment in the city. Uh, and the story so far is that you got a normal, um, or you got a new job. And with that new job came a raise. And so you just purchased a single family home in the suburbs, right? 
Okay. So okay. you open up with moving, you go and you move, and it's literally a life simulator where you simulate somebody's life. And much like the best parts of Kojima games or Remedy games, tons of details in a little thing. It, For instance... Is this... This sounds like the start of Heavy Rain. Yeah, I was about to say, is this a horror game or is this just the horror of being alive? <laughs> Again, going with the idea that I've completely missed the prompt here. It's just a life simulator. You go to your job, you do your job, come back. But again, the little details, like uh, like water water tanks, you know, the, the water cooler. Uh-huh. You could interact with the water cooler. It actually lowers the level of water in it. If somehow you went to the gun store and bought a gun and shot up your office like a crazy person, uh, you could actually shoot out the water cooler. Little tiny details like that matter. Anyway, one night when you're driving home from work, a car bumps into you. Like they're following you for a while. Then they're driving way too close, and then they bump you. This is similar to a game, an indie game that was out where a, game, a car just chases you or something. Oh, yeah. what the hell was that one called? I can't I actually remember. Want to play that. I want to play it too. the the whole po- The whole premise is you're just in a car driving through the woods trying to escape from something. Yeah, but in my game, they bump you, and it gets tense, and it gets scary, like normal, like life. But then they just drive off, okay? Couple of in-game days later, when you come home, your window's broken. And then just slowly building things up from there. And uh, basically, it's a game where you end up being the victim of a stalker. Somebody oh. who becomes intent on killing you. But we, as the game maker, never convey this to the player through anything but gameplay itself. So it's legitimately the player going through their like day-to-day life and slowly going insane because somebody is just fucking with this perfect little life they've built? And I mean to the point that even if we were to build, like if this was a real game that we made, we would build and market it as a life simulator. So this is basically taking the route of uh, Doki Doki? I did not play that. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard I still need to. So, yeah, I mean, so the beginning of Doki Doki is like, it's it's a rom-com romance simulator. And then you get about halfway through and, oh, no, this girl is legitimately insane. Wait. Why is the game actively glitching out? It's supposed to be glitching out? Why the hell do I have to go into the system files of the game to figure out what to do next? Like, the the game is oh, an okay, absolute okay. trip. I, I know what you're talking about now. But the original marketing for it was a rom-com romance simulator. It's a dating sim, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and dating then it was like... Dating sim. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's dating sim, subclass, psychological horror. Yeah, and for this game, basically what we're doing is where it's like a life simulator and like it's just like 
you know, games have gotten to the point we do all these survival and crafting games, and we just thought that it would be cool. Like, what if you crossed The Sims with uh, Ark um, and took out the dinosaurs? You know what I mean? And we make it sound like a very niche, very boring game. And I know that, like, that that doesn't seem to have math, but I think that it would have the ultimate word-of-mouth effect. You would I have streamers the who are like, whoa, what the fuck is happening no, see that that would be the kick. That would be the killer for marketing it, though. You got to send a copy to like you know, uh, Satellizer or Markiplier. I would send it to literally every streamer, dude. <laughs> Even the Nazi ones I don't like. No, don't send it to them. PewDiePie's got a following. Yeah, uh, you're not wrong. But yeah, um, and I I want to apologize to listeners real quick because the issue here is that this is a concept we've actually discussed in depth a year ago on a different podcast that doesn't exist. And so I'm giving okay. a very truncated version right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I forgot about I forgot that we'd actually discussed this during the old show. Man, this idea has been percolating in my head forever. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, I mean, it's a good idea. It's definitely horror. I'm sure we'd have to put some kind of warning on the box, though. Because well, I, I, I don't know what guarantee. we'd actually call it. Like, I think that, I think that the surprise is out. Like everybody knows it's a horror game after early act. Yeah. Well, if you want to keep your whole like, you know. Your whole, it's just a life simulator thing. It's just the Sims. You build your house. You tend your garden. All that stuff. You just call it happy little life. Oh, happy little life. Because that sounds sufficiently creepy. And that's good <laughs> enough that whenever it's, once it is, because like, it's built on the idea that when it hits the streamers, it's spoiled. And everybody knows this is actually a horror game and they all go in and play it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the reason that there's so many things built into it, um, so many little details that matter, is just to give people more and more stuff to explore before the stalking starts happening. That's a that's an another thing that I want to point out is your stalker is randomized, but you know them, whether they be the neighbor, a neighbor from your early apartment building or a coworker from your new job. But every playthrough, it's a random new one. Um. No, uh, that's it. I think that's it. <laughs> All right. I I mean, I'd play the shit out of it, so. Mm. Uh, a different house in the suburb each time, too. Yeah, well, yeah. And obviously, like I said, like, if you want, you can go to the hardware store, buy paint, and repaint your walls. Yeah, like, or, like, uh, you know, yeah. Buy a super padlock. I mean, like, true life simulator so that in the buildup, we can make it sound like the most mundane game ever. Where it's like, yeah, they're they're trying to take the Sims and Second Life and Mash I don't know together. Yeah, and like make it new somehow. I don't understand this game. And then people start playing it and they're like, This was the scariest experience I had because it's so true to life. One night you come home, you open your door, somebody's standing there in your living room. What do you do? Close the door, walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Well, time to set fire to the house. Basically, yeah, it's just like, well, I was sick of living here anyway.
And the only way that I could one up this game and make it better is uh, it's a VR experience. Mm. <laughs> that could. Mm. I have nothing but noises to make to that, so we're just gonna move on. <laughs> um, I have other I have other ideas, but just for like single mechanics or single moments in a horror game. Do you know what I mean? I don't have any other game. Right, like I, I think you've made a sufficient horror game. Okay. Uh, I, I suppose that brings it to round it out with mine now. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. Which I have put sufficiently less thought into than both of yours. <laughs> Good uh, job. Well, okay. So here's the thing. I like the idea of a game that explores the horrors of war specifically the horrors of being in a tiny pressurized metal tube hmm. in the ocean subnautica basically <laughs> except you're in a you have no windows 30,000 leagues under the sea yeah basically it, it'd be a sub sim so Allah, if if any i'm sh Maybe one or two of our listeners will recognize this. But, like, it'll be a game a la Silent Hunter 3. But the sub is fully traversable. In first person, you have your crew. But halfway through your patrol, you lose radio contact with everybody. You can't get radio contact from other ships in the fleet. There's no radio coming through, you know, for music purposes. And, you know, yeah. every time you go, like, you decide, huh, let's head back to land. Every time you head back to land, something drives you off. You never know what it is. Because you, you can't, like, you go up and it's just fog near the land, right? Mm -hmm. Turns out, you know, and every time you dive, you hear just these horrifying, like, Cthulian sounds coming from under the ocean. Interesting. So basically, uh, it'd basically be the mist, but you're in a submarine. I like it. Now this one definitely sounds like a VR. Yeah, no, this this one would definitely be like a VR game, and it's like... This is one of those ones where you got to break out the uh, surround sound headphones. Mm -hmm. So, there, I thought I had heard a premise similar to this in the past. This is a little bit different. Um, it was actually a movie. Um, don't know... Okay, it was a U.S. movie, um, but it's called On the Beach... It was a black and white movie from 1959. Oh. Okay. I'm on board with it. Hang on. So I'm Oops. you cut out completely for some reason, so say everything you did post 1959. Okay, so On the Beach, film from 1959, black and white movie, post apocalypse. Apocalypse is nuclear. So it's a nuclear apocalypse that has occurred. 
I'm going to read a quick excerpt from the plot. In early 1964, five years in the future, in the months following World War III, the conflict has devastated the Northern Hemisphere, killing all humans after polluting the atmosphere with nuclear fallout. Australian survivors detect an incomprehensible Morse code signal coming from the presumed dead west coast of the United States. The American nuclear submarine USS Sawfish, now under Royal Australian Navy Command, is ordered to sail north to make contact with the sender of the Morse code signal. Oh, and, oh okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when you were talking about, like, the last, the last vestige of humanity on Earth, no other signals going on, I... I had sworn I had heard something about of something similar. Apparently, this has keyed off multiple things, possibly, but pretty pretty in line with that. Yeah, I mean, mind you, like I said, I hadn't put as much thought into mine as yours because I I'm going to be straight with you. The games I normally think of making are not horror themed, <laughs> but I I think it'd be kind of cool to be in a submarine. You know, it all first person. So like, you don't you only see what your character would see through the periscope or through binoculars, right? But that's that's the other horror of it. It's like, okay, we're gonna surface and try to get our bearings. Well, you stay out in the conning tower too long, some horrifying monster is gonna carry you off, and that's game over. <sighs> and I get your goal is to try to find a safe haven before you run out of fuel or weaponry, for that matter. Hmm. So you have to fight bit. the thing off? Well, see, that's the thing, though. For a bit, you can fight back. But if you blow all your ammo, you aren't going to be able to fight back anymore. I also or... like the idea of things randomly going wrong in the ship that you got to take care of. Well, and that, that'd be the other thing. It's like, okay, uh, we'll say it's set during World War II. The old World War II submarines were notorious for, like, oh, the air compressor broke. Or there's a leak. There's just a random leak in the pipe that just appeared in the last twenty minutes. And you got to uh, fix that. Sir, the front door's you're... open. Screen door's still shut, <laughs> but I don't think it matters. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, okay, I don't have a lot of sub knowledge. Okay, it's about as useful as a goddamn screen door on a submarine. Oh, well, that just killed everything. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that that would be the whole thing, though, is like you're actually having to manage this sub and your crew for the most part. Keep them from going fucking mad because every time they go to bed, they're hearing horrifying noises that are banging against the hull. You know, and if you get hit yeah. too hard, well, now you got to fix the chlorine leak well, there from you the go. batteries. Well, there's some of your, your gameplay concepts beyond just the regular sub-stimulator stuff. You have um, uh, crewmate psyche that you got to deal with. You're you're basically having a cross between um, the mist and the thing. Yeah. I like it, man. I really do. I think that as an experience, especially because you don't get a lot of, um, at least, I don't, I'm talking out of my ass as somebody who doesn't own any current gen consoles, any current gen games, or a PC that can do anything current. <laughs> but uh, 
in a lot of VR experiences, you don't you don't see people having dialogue options. You don't see them talking to people. Imagine having to calm a crewmate down. Yeah, but you actually have to do it through like you know patting them on the back, like they're there kind of thing. Yeah, and then or, also or I think I think you should have like dialogue choices. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, I love the idea that you're dealing like you said Cthulhu, and I know that that you were probably saying that to hint that there's just some big motherfucker out that you can't see. But like also the idea of um Oh, what the hell's his name who made Cthulhu? Lovecraft? Yeah. The idea that you have like an eldritch Lovecraftian type of terror, something that's unexplainable. It's it just is. Do you know what I mean? Like, Cosmic it, horror one... type things. It's one of those things that if you actually, like, you can deal with the little monsters, but, like, every now and again you'll catch a glimpse of the actual thing yeah. in the ocean. And if you see, like, if if you see it, you have to, like, go down below deck and dive. Because if you see it, your head will just explode. You Do you remember? From the sheer well, terror of what you've seen. Well, do you remember whenever you said, like, oh, and you go and surface, but you can't see because of the mist? Yeah. What if you're like, okay, take us up to the surface, boys, and you start to surface, and there's just a huge rock on your ship, and you're like, what the hell happened? You're like, surface, and your subordinate turns around and goes, we can't. Mm. Well, that would add another horror, because I'll tell you something, based on where, like, the type of sub I designed this is around, you only got about eight hours before you run out of power. We'll see. There you go. And then not too long after that, uh, a, a fucking nut just like shoots out of a, a wall and you got to go screw that bitch back in. <laughs> yeah. As well like as dealing that. with vent venting smoke and all that. So you don't, you know, kill your crew. Uh, Captain, I'm getting a little woozy in the head. The batteries are leaking, chlorine gas. Don't worry, bro. That's just the new vape rig we rigged up in the back. Isn't that <laughs> where the engine is? Yeah, the engine's the vapor. Oh, is God, just that... filling a goddamn sub with carbon monoxide. Yeah, but I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it's fine. We don't need to surface. But... We're yeah, out of right, torpedoes. I mean, we'll go get the methane tank. Where's the methane tank? The I had them methane? store it. I had them store it right next to the oxygen tanks. There's your methane, Captain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I say we have three decent concepts for some decent horror games that are all like different genres. Yeah, I have, you have one straight. I have straight one survival little tiny idea. I just want to throw out there. Okay. Um, Resident Evil 7, I think, was pretty dope. I Wait. think we can all agree that it was pretty dope. You know that moment where uh, the patriarch of the family kind of chases you through the house? Yeah, that initial yeah. walk through the wall. Yeah. So what I think would be cool in a horror game is if you were, let's say you're standing in like a, a living room, a well-modeled one, because you know how game developers are. And um, you got a rifle above a fireplace. You got the uh, the fire pokers and whatnot beside it. 
you've got a large shift robe cabinet thing, whatever, over on one wall. Uh, you've got a hallway that leads to the front door, uh, and you've got a pathway to the back door. You don't know if there's ammo in that gun, if you have the strength to use those pokers, if that shift rope's going to work, or if either door's unlocked. All you know is somebody's coming for you. you got to pick what to do. The game doesn't tell you. A choose-your-own-adventure? But yeah, that, real, that real sounds time, like a choose-your-own-adventure. Like right. I mean, I mean so that would. I feel like that is the next progression of like the Man of Medan and um, De- uh, Dead by Dawn. Well, see, that's, I'm, that's I'm until, that's that... until Dawn. Sorry, Dead by Dawn. <laughs> that's a different game, I think. Dead by Dawn Light. Yeah. <laughs> what I'd like to see is I'd like to see survival horror games give you more than one option. Right, and, and that's what I mean. Like that would be the next evolution of that style of game. Whereas when you yeah, say Man of Medan and Until Dawn, I think of playable movie. And I love the choices you can make in them and I, I see how that plans. But I mean like a full on first person shooter, but instead of them being like, Okay, you've solved the puzzle to get the handgun, now shoot this guy until the sequence is over like it was in RE seven, it'd be like uh it'd be like if that sequence was literally all organic and anybody could have a way different playthrough depending on what they did. I mean, there was no, and... a game we had talked about a couple weeks ago. What was it? 15 seconds or something? Oh, 60 seconds? 60 seconds, yeah. Where, it, yeah. you know, every time you played through, you you could respond differently. You could go about things differently each time. And it was like, the first time you're sitting there talking and... It's like, yeah, I think I killed someone, and then there's a knock on the door, and it's the police. And the next oh, time, wait, you're like, isn't shit. that two minutes? Yeah, yeah, it, that's that fucking game that we saw at E3 that yeah. looked really interesting. Yeah, like that would be, you're you're basically taking that to a 3D environment where instead of trying to solve a mystery in the two minutes, you're trying to like, you have escape a house. Yeah. And that, okay. I mean, that, that's and, almost like that's a cool idea. I do want to clarify my entire idea was just more options in a normal game and less hand holding. But I also want to take credit for everything you've just described because all of those <laughs> sound great. Of course. <laughs> well, and, and so that's yeah, really, I did mean all that. The and the biggest issue with stuff something of that genre, that that style is always going to be the limitation of the current uh, processors and systems where it's being able to interact with absolutely everything. You're either looking at the scale of your game being very small, which is why I think yeah. like the two minutes game, it's like it takes place in that apartment, but yeah, it's one room over and over again. Yeah. But yeah. you can do di- so much different stuff where it's like, you snap to, and instead of having the conversation with your wife, you go over and you bar the door immediately. Or the next time you have the conversation with your wife first and get straight to the point. Um, but having so. having that with a 3D environment where it's, you know, you know in 10 seconds something is going to kick in your door. What do you grab? How do you get past it? Do you try and fight it down? Is it a unstoppable horror? Or is it just a guy? 
And yeah. you could you could go to a lot of different aspects for that. Um, another thing that comes to mind, although again playable movie, was the sequence in Heavy Rain where the girl has like the nightmare of getting assaulted in her apartment. Also, the only DLC they ever released for that, where she investigates a serial killer's home. Yeah, that has something similar, just in the vein of you know choosing what to do when he comes in. Yeah. But having having a fully interactable environment to do that, while then as with any of our premises, while amazing, would be very hard to pull off. Yeah, uh, I'm what I'm thinking of, and of uh, what Warren Spector said his dream game that would never get published is like one that you just can't pitch to publishers. Uh, Warren Spector being the the mind behind all the best. Uh, sim games out there mm, shit like yeah. uh, deus ex and whatnot right i can't remember it's something sim but whatever uh it's weird that every time i bring these games up on podcasts it's the only time i can't think of what they're called is it his um, one city block idea his one city block idea saying that that's something that's totally feasible now uh since you're familiar with it and i've talked enough do you want to explain what the one city Admittedly, I literally just pulled up an article. I I typed in his name and said Dream Game, and the first article was, will we ever get to play one city oh. block? Um, okay, so he likes simulations, and basically his idea is you just simulate one city block, but it's one city block, like, completely top to bottom. Mm. Fully so you every can go room, in every building. Yeah, you can go in every building, every room. It's fully populated with people and all that. But they are all. Everything is completely simulated perfectly, so that you could do whatever you want. Once again, the type of thing a processor has nightmares about. Well, this is a game that this is a game that he could feasibly make right now. There's just no investors for it. No, I. Whether he can make it or not doesn't mean that my processor isn't currently crying. Well, if a console <laughs> technically could somebody it. made Crisis. Yeah, but if a console <laughs> could handle it. Well, and that and that's the thing you have to consider. Like, what is the full scale of the one city block? Is it five buildings? Is it ten buildings? Is yeah, it, and it single floor? It, is it multi floor? That that is where the well, it uh, is multi floor. It includes the sewers. Mm. Um, the only thing that he has, in, and it, it is literally one city block, so you're only getting a square. You're not getting very many buildings there. Uh, and the, and he has not shit, said... If in New York, that could be just one building. Exactly. But he, he hasn't said, like, and the one building that's in it is a skyscraper. Do you know what I mean? He's talking about a normal city block, so you're probably not getting any buildings above, like, three floors. Who cares? The idea that it's fully simulated. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's super awesome. But uh, I think that's a good place to wrap it up for the week. Oh, yeah, I'm out of yeah. things to talk about. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad I'm back. By the way, you guys didn't ask. Uh, my chest is healing up nicely. Oh, good. Are you taking care of the baby just fine? Yeah, she's real or cute, but, sca- but like she's got a real dick head. Real <laughs> phallic-shaped head. I'm glad it didn't that she didn't escape. <laughs> no, she sure hopped up on the counter, pulled out a top hat and cane, and was like, "Hello, my baby. Hello, my baby." Nobody it. believes me. 
Of course. <laughs> well, all right. Space falls. Uh, um. So I just want to. Kid. <laughs> I love that part as a kid. That I actually saw that before I saw Alien. <laughs> me too. So. That made no sense to me. Oh, <laughs> and geez. I saw Alien oh. expecting something funny to happen, and then it didn't. I saw it before Alien, but after the frog and Porky Pig. And oh, so yeah. I bought the reference, but I had nightmares for fucking ever. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. My favorite part of that scene is just the fact that it is John Hurt again. Yeah. Oh, not again. Get out again. <laughs> Oh, I never put that together. <laughs> it took me a while, too, to realize, hey, wait a minute. That's the same guy. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I, I have a couple housekeeping things before we get to our final promos and all that. Uh, first off, uh, we hit 600 listens as of recording day here. Woo! Yeah. So we're creeping up on that thousand. Thank you, everybody who has uh interacted with us on facebook twitter shared it with your friends we super appreciate it um and we appreciate it if you continue to do so which i will say uh when you listen to this episode hit us up on twitter at gaming casual podcast tell us which one of the three games that you would like to play so either the zombie survival the stalker game or the submarine horror. Use oh, that. we gotta compete. Yep. No, we don't. <laughs> yes, yes, actually. Yeah, tell us whose idea you like the best. Uh, that's at Gaming Casual Podcast on Twitter, or at Gaming Casual Pod. Should we just uh, put up like a straw poll or something? We are gonna put up a straw poll afterwards, but okay. I'm gonna give it a day to put that up. Oh well, yeah. Uh, second piece of housekeeping news. Um, as of the release of this, so when you are listening to it, uh, it will be two days until Extra Life. And Extra Life is a 24-hour game-a-thon, 25-hour actually, because of Daylight Savings Time, uh, to raise money for Children's Miracle Network that both myself and Control Freak will be doing. Um, the donations go to the Children's Miracle Network, which goes to help Children's Hospital, um, so we'd appreciate it if you guys would come in, support our streams. Uh, that's twitch.tv slash Lord Sedge for me and control yours is twitch.tv slash control freak. Yep. Uh, and we'll have link. Well, I was going to say, Go I'm going to, if you can send me the link for your extra life, um, sadly I won't be able to do the 24 hour stuff just with other right. things going on. And I, I want to point out that the only reason why I'm not taking part of in this streamathon is because I don't care about children. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go go take care of your little alien, baby. <laughs> I, I think I can hear it getting hungry, and it might start eating something again that it shouldn't be. Oh, we already lost Lisa, Phoenix, and Kai. Jesus. Nobody's going to know who those people are. <laughs> oh, shit. And Lisa's supposed to be Larry. That's my podcast joke. Anyway. <sighs> Either way. 
Um, yeah, come hang out, support the stream. If you can, uh, I'll have links and everything to the donation page. Uh, it's for a good cause. So if anything, just come out, support the stream, um, share anything you see uh, that I post on the Twitter uh, with people so they can, so it can get some exposure. Uh, and I think that's my only piece of housekeeping news, even though I stumbled over literally every word of that sentence. Like 90% of it, yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know what... The... Okay, he died in the middle of that. That's fine. Um, Light, what did you just say? <laughs> I... That's... If control wasn't interrupting you with dumb jokes it was a really dumb joke i'm sorry. that's all but uh discord's having issues picking me up right now all right well then let's we'll wrap this up uh since your discord is having issues um you can follow light at king kegel on twitter um you can follow myself and the podcast at gaming casual pod and uh my personal for the Twitch channel and everything else I do at Sedge underscore gaming uh, control. Follow me for uh, streaming. It's once again, twitch.tv slash control. And then for Facebook, um, where my most recent article is actually in regards to space guns and satire with the outer worlds, um, facebook.com slash Zguru review. Space Gun is dope. Yeah. Definitely go read it. It's a fun article. Uh, and I will have links to all of that in the description of this episode, wherever you are listening to it, whether that be uh, Podbean, Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate all the love we get from you guys. Uh, and we look forward to making the show every week. Um, yeah, that's all I got here. I'm sorry I've been so stumbly with words today. Apparently, I'm having issues forming sentences. So, so it wasn't just uh, his computer processor crying, it's also his brain processor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, I need to replace the chip that's in my brain. Um, unfortunately, it's an old model T600 chip. I need to get the new T800 model. It's not the Duma, uh, <laughs> it's just my processor. Happy Halloween. And we will see you next week. Take care, everybody.